Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. This episode of the Restless Hearts Podcast includes the proclamation of the Gospel and my homily for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time on February 6, 2022. You can view the full Liturgy of the Word for this Sunday under daily readings at usccb.org. My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we just heard about three people, they happen to be all men, who experienced a call that changed their lives dramatically. They're all different at different times and places. The details of their calls are different. What they were called to do is a little bit different. But there's a lot of similarities in how they experienced themselves being called to do something that they had never thought they would ever do, idea that would never have occurred to them. In each of the cases, they experienced something that is overwhelming to them an overwhelming sense of God's presence, an overwhelming sign. Isaiah, who was a priest in the temple, has a vision of the majesty and glory of God that is so awesome, so powerful, that he feels incredibly small and tiny and insignificant and unworthy and asked to get out of there because it's too much. Paul tells us that he's called 
away from his life as a Pharisee and what he really thought was his vocation in life, to be zealous for God's law and to protect God's law from anything that could damage it, which is why he was persecuting the followers of Jesus. But he experiences in a glorious vision that blinds him, it's so powerful, the risen Christ calling him to do something new, the last thing in the world that Paul ever thought he would do, become the teacher of the nations about the very one whom he had been persecuting. And Simon Peter was a fisherman, an ordinary laborer. Sounds like he was struggling in business. And he too, along with his friends and partners, James and John, have an experience of God's power through Jesus that is so overwhelming that they are so astonished that Peter can only fall on his knees and say, please leave me, I can't take it. I am not worthy, I am sinful, I am too small for this. And instead he's called to leave his fish, to leave his boats, to leave his nets, to follow the master, to learn from him, and to become the rock upon which the mission of Jesus would be continued till now and onward. Three powerful experiences that are all just enough the same to suggest that maybe, maybe we might learn from them what it really looks like to be called. I know when I read these stories and I pro proclaim these stories, it is awesome. And I say about Isaiah and Paul and Simon Peter, good for them. And then my second thought is, better them than me. Because I don't know that I want to be so overwhelmed and feel so small and then be called to a job that in the midst of it is going to seem impossible. And yet I wonder, I wonder if that's not what it actually looks like to be called. To be invited away from what we are already doing towards something completely new and different. To have that happen in the, in the context of an overwhelming sense of God's presence and power and glory. To feel incredibly insignificant and small and unworthy and weak and powerless and yet somehow probably mostly because we have seen what God can do without having any clue what we're getting ourselves into, we say, yes, here I am, send me. But see, that's the thing. We spend an awful lot of our time, our energy, our money. We're spending years, all of you are right now engaged in the work of preparing yourselves for life. You're choosing majors. You're working towards careers. You're developing skills and abilities to carry out tasks in the world. Pursuing careers. You might be pursuing choices of partners. 
You might be dreaming and thinking and even planning about where you might want to live and how you want your life to take shape. You have dreams and goals and visions, none of which might be your call. We get called, not when we are choosing it, not when we are planning it for ourselves. We are called when it comes to us, humbles us, turns us around, and invites us to do something that we never thought we would ever do. We get called within what we think is our vocation. I felt called to the priesthood a long, long time ago. And every couple of years, something changes. And I'm invited into something that I never thought I would be called to. And every time I feel small and weak and insignificant and powerless and trust in the power and the glory of God, that indeed it is God's grace calling me to something different and new. People get called when life calls them. So yes, people choose their careers, they choose their life partners, they even choose to have children. Nobody chooses to have a child with special needs. And yet there's a call that turns lives around all the time. Nobody chooses to be part of a family or in a relationship or even have it happen to themselves to become living in the enslavement of addiction. It makes us very small, and yet in it, there's a call. Nobody chooses to be ill, to be disabled, to suddenly be diagnosed and one day move from being healthy and free to being sick and afraid. But there's a call in that and it humbles us and makes us small. And we are supported by the grace of God. Nobody chooses to have a grandparent or a parent begin to lose their memory, their cognitive abilities, and, and move into dementia. Nobody chooses that when it happens to their spouse. Yet when it happens, we are called called towards something we would never choose. And we are humbled, and we need to rely on the grace of God to go where we are being sent, to do a task that we would never dream of doing. We don't always get the big theophanies. We do get humbled. We will face over and over again things that we do not choose in life that leave us feeling incredibly powerless, very small, totally inadequate, and completely unsure of how we're going to do it. And it seems to me that's how we know that we are being called. And when we know we are being called, it is our faith that tells us 
that the power and the grace, the majesty, the glory, the strength of God that Isaiah saw firsthand, that Paul was overwhelmed by, that Peter experienced in his fishing boat, we have to trust by faith that when we are called, we are accompanied by that power and that grace. And then when we face life's calls and we never know when they're coming, we are ready and able to say with Isaiah, here I am, send me.